So my name is Heather Beers. For those of you who don't know me, I'm part of the women's ministry team here at Kairos. And uh, we just want to welcome everybody here today and thank you for being here. And we want to wish a happy Mother's Day to everyone because whether you had a good relationship with your mother or didn't have a relationship with your mother, you had a mother and you're here and that's why we're grateful. We're grateful to have you as a part of the body of Christ here at Kairos. So thank you for coming. Um, the other thing, I, I have a couple of uh, announcements. We're going to have Sherry Poston come up in just a minute and share with you. We've got four ladies from our body who are going to share a few minutes with, with you. Um, but I want to tell you that we have... Um, some beautiful flowers and a couple of chairs and a sign out there. So if you want to take a minute and take a photo with your family or by yourself in front of that beautiful backdrop, be sure to do that after church. And then the other thing is that the women's ministry team made gifts for all of the women at church. Uh, all of the adult women, whether you're a mother or not, please take one of the gifts we made for you. We're really excited to do it, and we hope you enjoy them. They're on the table um, in the foyer there um, in the baskets, and so please take one uh, for each of, each of the women here, okay? Does that, I think somebody has picked some up. Can somebody hold them up? There you go. Look at those cute things. That can be yours. If, you, if you're a woman at this church, you can stop there and get one for your very own self. Please do, okay? Okay, so Sherry, why don't you go ahead and make your way up here. We have four brave women getting ready to share their hearts with you. Thank you so much. So when you're speaking, hold it up so we can hear you. This is Sherry Poston. Um, I'm sure many of you have gotten a chance to talk with her, and if you haven't, make sure you do. She and her husband, Les, are awesome. We love having you as part of our body. Here you go. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. As everybody else has said, I want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. Um, most of you know I'm married to the long-haired guy that plays the guitar in the worship band. <laughs> and... Uh, We've been married for 48 years, almost 48 years. Um, <laughs> uh, when Michelle asked me to speak, I was surprised I heard myself immediately saying yes. I don't know why I did, but here I am. We're supposed to talk about motherhood today. So we have three children. Our oldest is our daughter, Kim. She's 47. We have two sons. Jimmy is 43 and Billy is 40. We live in Kansas City, Kansas, and lived in the same house for 43 years. We're a close family. All of our kids live within 30 minutes of us, and we have had a family dinner every weekend for years. My kids have always been close friends to each other. Kimmy, being the oldest, always stuck up for her little brothers. One day when Kim was about 10, the kids were at a park a couple houses down from our house, and there was a kid picking on Billy. So Kim went over and punched the kid in the arm, and after that, she had quite the reputation that she was tough and not to mess with her little brothers. <laughs> Jimmy has always been a mama's boy and still is. To this day, he still calls me, calls me mama. He was so ornery when he was growing up. I used to tell him, I hope you have a son just like you. And when he really tested me, I would say, I hope you have two sons just like you. <laughs> well, guess what? He has three sons just like him. 
Um, Billy has always been our comedian. He does the silliest of things. One Christmas, he got a candle that was shaped like food. I can't remember what food it was, but I do remember he unexpectedly took a bite out of it. And we just laughed till we about all fell down, and to this day, we still do laugh about it. And years ago, when he was a teenager, the city, this is kind of gross, but the city was tearing up the sewers and replacing them, and it sent the rats running out. Billy dressed up like a crazy guy one day, took his BB gun and said, I'm going hunting. Turns out he got a big old rat. I've got a picture here if anybody wants to see it. <laughs> okay. My motherhood experience has been wonderful. My mother experience, motherhood experience has also been very, very hard. On February 6, 2018, we got a call. Billy had stopped breathing. He lived about five minutes away, and we rushed over. Then the paramedics arrived and started working on him. We watched until we couldn't watch anymore, and we went into the hallway. And then I heard one of the firemen say, don't be a hero, he's gone. So we lost Billy to a massive heart attack that day. Now, I'm not sure how many people know that I've known Stacy <laughs> since she was six years old. Our daughter Kim and her were in the first grade together and stayed best friends through high school. I was her and her brother's daycare provider for years. So when Stacy and her mother heard about Billy's passing, they wanted to honor him with a memorial service. During that day, Stacy told me about Hope Rock's pantry in Metro Church. She told me to visit the pantry and the church. At first, we just went to the pantry. All of the volunteers were so loving. I hadn't been going to church for quite a while, and after Billy's death, I was so lost and so sad. I told my husband one day, I want to go to church. He said, well, let's go to Stacy's church. Everybody there seems so nice. So we started coming to, well, it was Metro at the time, in November 2018. Then a couple years in, Stacy asked for volunteers for the pantry, and so I volunteered, have been there for a while, and I love it. I love being able to talk and relate to all the mothers that I take through the pantry. I've met mothers that have lost children, and we really bond over that. I have met so many wonderful ladies here that I'm happy to call friends. I want to say thank you to a couple of women in particular that helped me. I don't know if they, were, if they even know how much they have helped me on this motherhood journey. The first one is Nancy. She doesn't know this, but I knew her for months before I knew she had lost a daughter. All of a sudden, by watching her, I realized life goes on. There is joy to be found, and I absolutely love her laugh. There's another one that helped me so much, and that was Betty. I was talking to her one day, and I told her about how I cried in the shower all the time. And she told me to pray in the shower. And to this day, I do. Uh, let's see. Where did I lose it? <laughs> okay. Uh-oh. You know, I thought I had this all in order. But I guess I didn't. Okay. For years. Okay. There's one more lady that helped me to handle a question we're all asked all the time as mothers. The question is, how many kids do you have? I was talking to Paula one day at the pantry, because she volunteers there, telling her I didn't know how to answer that question. And she said, you have three children. Just like that. 
So now when I'm asked that question, I say without hesitation, I have three children. And I say Billy is 40 because he'll always be 40 to me. My kids and my grandkids have always been so precious to me. And for the last five years and three months, they have been extra precious and important to me because I know just how quickly they can be gone. So as one mom to another and grandmother, hug them as often as you can, always. Also, I want to thank the Lord for being in my life every day. And I want to thank all of the ladies that I've become friends here with. They have all helped me on this motherhood journey. Thank you. You guys have to see this picture, okay? Mob her after church. I brought these tissues for me, not for Sherry. Boy, um, that's, that's a real blessing to hear, to get a peek into the lives of, of Sherry and also all the other women that she mentioned. It, it just makes me proud to know all of you ladies. I love you and your godly example to everyone, and thank you for that. Um, our next one is Kathy Hendricks. Come on down. You are the next contestant. You know, I'll just tell you, um, I used to look at other women and just come up with all the ways they could whip their families into shape and because uh, I knew what they needed to do. And then, uh, but that was when I was 15. And um, <laughs> so <laughs> when I was 26 and had... Um, Jacob, I realized that um, reading about something and actually doing it are two different things. And uh, so while, while all of our friends were having children and they were planning uh, college funds th for their children, Dennis and I thought it might be a good idea to start a therapy fund. So <laughs> this is Kathy Hendricks. Kathy, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you, too, Heather. Good morning, Kairos. <clears throat> like some of you, I'm shy, and I'm not gifted as a public speaker, but I do love people, and I love the Lord, and he reminded me that he had given me a verse a few years ago that was especially helpful for parenting, so I'm glad to be here today. I have titled my little talk, Sown with Love and Prayers. To let you know a little about myself, um, I was a stay-at-home mom for several years. Then when our children went to high school, I went back to school again and got my occupational therapy assistant degree. And I enjoyed that occupation for 20 years or about, about 20 years, and I just loved it. And now that I'm retired, I enjoy gardening and quilting and weeding and helping my family. My husband, Dennis, and I, we raised two daughters and a son, and they were lovable, sweet kids, easy to raise, until they became teenagers. <laughs> um, having three teenagers in a household at once, how many of you know that can be a challenge? <laughs> it's 
some of you are there. Well, we prayed through those challenging teenage years, and sometimes I felt very inadequate as a mother during those years especially. But thanks to the Lord, all three of them and their spouses, they turned out to be honorable, caring adults, and they love the Lord, and they love their children, and they love their mother. So mothers, keep on praying for those teenagers. I was blessed with one of the greats when it comes to being a mother. I bought her Bible today. I couldn't have done that a few years ago because it hurt so much on Mother's Day because my mother was gone, but God has healed that, and uh, I'm proud to bring her old Bible up here today. It, it tells a lot about her as a mother. Um, this little thing crocheted in there, and she has all these scriptures underlined, and she was a living testimony to those scriptures. She has her favorite songs and scriptures here. Um, in her pastor was a little bit like Matt. He told jokes. Uh, she had a little note tucked in here, and the, on the joke it says, what goes ha, 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 plop? Answer, a man laughing his head off. <laughs> uh, I, I think Matt's jokes are better. <laughs> but my mom was a lot of fun, and she had a good sense of humor. When she was 62, she was diagnosed with a late-stage cancer. And although that was a difficult time, uh, I have so many precious moment, memories of her during those years before the Lord took her home. Mom was a quilter. She had started a quilt for every grandchild. She left us before she got all those quilts done. So wouldn't you know, I just had to learn to quilt to finish those quilts. And as Dennis remind me, this was a God-ordained thing that I should learn to quilt. I had seen my mom, <coughs> pardon me, I think I needed that water, Dennis. <coughs> I have a cup of water myself. Okay, the quilting was the God-ordained thing, and so I began to mastering quilting. I made a wedding quilt for each of our three children when they were married, and they were sewn with love and prayers. And after a while, I started on uh, baby quilts for my grandchildren as they were born. It was one, two, three. They just kept coming and coming, so those quilts kept going and going. We ended up with 21 baby quilts, 21 blessings from the Lord. Would you show the picture for me? I wanted to show, share a picture of my family. This was uh, on our 50th wedding anniversary, and it was during the COVID shutdown, and our children just refused to let it go uncelebrated, so they had a party for us. Thank you. Earlier, I mentioned that God had showed me a specific verse to help parenting. You all know it, I'm sure. It's Micah 6, 8. What does the Lord require of you? That you act justly, love mercy, 
and walk humbly with your God. Let me share with you three applications of that verse for parenting. Number one, act justly. Don't you sometimes wonder, should I or should I not discipline my child when they disobey? It's a whole lot easier just to ignore bad behavior. But God disciplines those he loves. He gives us permission to discipline and even gives us a hint how to do it justly. And if you are walking humbly with the Lord and if you love mercy, then you're going to be just and you won't be harsh with your discipline. Number two application, love mercy. All children need mercy. But since becoming a grandmother, a new term has entered my vocabulary, neurodivergent. To the grandchild dealing with autism, ADHD, anxiety, depression, dyslexia, or whatever the specialty, they need an extra measure of mercy. And I learned I don't have to be an extra expert to understand their uniqueness just to give them unconditional love and mercy. Number three application, walk humbly with the Lord. Maybe you've made some poor mistakes, poor decisions as a parent, and I know I've made lots of goofs. What should you do? The answer is in the verse. If you walk humbly with the God, if you walk humbly with God, then you, you won't have any problem saying to your child, I'm sorry. And I thank God for this special verse for all of us. Back to our growing family. It was important for us, like Sherry said, to have family meals. So we, by then we got a bigger house and Dennis knocked down some walls to make the dining room bigger. And we heard a message from God loud and clear. Parenting doesn't stop when your children become adults. The nurturing and support are always there, even when they're adults. And isn't it good when he adds the bonus of grandparent, grandparenting, spreading the love of Jesus to 21 children. That's a great mission field. But to be honest, when I had 21 grandchildren, I was a little bit overwhelmed and inadequate. There was no way I could be in my mind that super grandma to 21. So, Lord, what would you have me do? The answer is there in Micah 6, 8. You don't have to be the best grandma in the world. Instead, he says to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. He showed me there were lots of opportunities to be a Micah 6, 8 grandmother, to help the moms with housework or yard work, to waltz a crying baby to sleep, to be present as a prayer warrior through many of the home births. And Dennis and I babysat and played with our grandchildren many times when those parents needed a night out. Then as the babies grew up, God directed me to help in new ways. He showed me where my 
old teaching degree in English literature could be revived again by helping a grandchild with reading, by teaching high school British literature to two of them that were homeschooled, by helping one pass an English college class. These were things I could do and I enjoyed. But God doesn't, wasn't done yet. He directed me to revive my old music school skills and teach beginning piano to a few of them. I even got to teach three of them handbells and recorders in their co-op school music class. But lastly, he let me use my love of sewing for my grandchildren. To him a dress for a spring dance, to sew a hole in his favorite stuffy. This week I just finished altering a vest of my grandson's. He's going to be married next week and he'll be wearing that vest that I sewed with love and prayers. In closing, I have a quote from one of my mom's favorite humorists, Irma Bombeck. Irma's quote is, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would not have a single bit of talent left and could say I used everything you gave me. I like Irma's quote, and I might add, I would not have a single piece of fabric left and I would have sewn them all with love and prayers. It's not easy being a mother today, but you don't have to be a perfect mom. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. I'd like to just say a quick prayer for this body. Thank you, Lord, for your word, for all of it that guides us. Thank you for this body. Help us use your word, Lord. Bless them in Jesus' name, amen. Can you believe that she's shy? I think she's lying. <laughs> Kathy, here you go. Kathy, here's your. Don't forget that. Lord, please forgive Kathy for lying in front of all of us. <laughs> um, okay, we have um, our next person is going to be Augusta. Come on up, Augusta. I'm going to teach you all a new word to say it's really fun. Ubaja. Ubaja. Can you say that? Ubaja. That's her last name. Isn't that fun to say? <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, Augusta. Thank you for sharing with us. When I went up to her this morning and I said, hey, when you come up and speak, she said, I'm not. I was like, what? <laughs> I just stared at her and she finally gave in. Here we go. Thank you. Whew. I have to set my timer um, unless I'm going to be preaching for the rest of the... This is new generation. Sorry. Um, so good morning, everybody. 
My name is Augusta, as you know. Um, married to Prince over there. We have two children, Prince Jr. and Augustus. <laughs> um, this journey um, has been bitter, sweet, painful, beautiful, all wrapped in one. <laughs> And if any young lady over here is trying to be a mom, I strongly do not recommend. <laughs> Enjoy your life. I'm just joking. I used to ask my mom after I had a uh, prince, I was like, how come, you know, you never told me about the the details <laughs> of motherhood. And she goes, no one ever tells. If we do, then you wouldn't want to be a mom. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, you get married. Oh, you found a husband, yay. And you're pregnant. Oh, you're pregnant. And then you have a baby. And you say, mom, are you going to come? Oh, no, that's your baby. Yeah, that's your responsibility. Wait, what? So I come from a culture, I'm Nigerian, or we are Nigerian, if you guys don't know, um, where there is something we call amugwa. That means when a woman has a baby or children, the mom or her mom is responsible. Uh, she, well, she comes over to visit and stay for about three to six months with the, with the daughter, her daughter. <laughs> and she helps, she cleans, she cooks, you know, just nurture her through that first stage, that, that first, especially the newly, you know, the new moms. So I'm in America. I'm not in Nigeria. I have a mom that works. She's a nurse. You have to ask for vacation. And then sometimes it's approved, or maybe it's denied, <laughs> depending on how long you've been calling in. So I had to schedule my second birth. I had to have them induce me to time it so that my mom would be here before I had a baby. It's amazing. <laughs> Augustus was supposed to be here on the fifth, but I chose he will be here on the third. <laughs> And it happened successfully, thank God. Um, I have a tribute. I recently lost my aunt um, to cancer. She was like a mom to me, second mom. She's that aunt where if you go to your mom to ask for something and she says no, you can go to her. Yeah. Um, My mom is still alive, and I've watched her be a mom. I've watched her pain, her cries, her, her prayers. And up to t this day, she's still going through rough times. And I turned into her sister and a backbone for support. This aunt of mine also 
went through a journey where she had to take care of her children and everybody else around her. She was the most selfless person I've ever met. And while doing that, she was taking care of her husband that passed on a year ago. She was so devoted. She was having symptoms of cancer and she didn't know what it was. Back home, um, they don't have the luxury to go for checkups, to go for you know insurance. They don't really have insurance. So someone could be sick. Unless you have money out of pocket, you go in, you pay, you get checked out, and sometimes they tell you what's wrong with you, and sometimes they overlook it. Um, she would, she became her own doctor. She diagnosed herself. I think I have ulcer. So she would drink milk whenever she had like a, an upset stomach and it would go away. So she would just leave it alone. After she died, I heard there was a time she had heavy bleeding and part of a sign of cancer is heavy bleeding and nobody Nobody, she didn't go to the hospital. Well, she went to the hospital and they treated the bleeding or stopped it, but they never went further to check and see what's going on. This is back home. So a year ago, she was carrying her husband. It was so difficult. He had dementia at his end of life. And when the Lord uh, called him home, she she took a deep breath. She was sad that her husband was gone, but she was relieved that finally she could maybe rest and take care of her grandchildren. And I was hoping sometime maybe she'd visit me here. It took that one year for her to suffer miserably. And I would always call on FaceTime just to see her. And she'd always tell me, When I get healed, Augusta, you're going to come home and we're going to go to the church and celebrate. She's home because God had better plans for her. I want to stress the importance of motherhood and self-care. I've been in a position sometimes where You forget yourself because you're trying so hard to please everybody else around you. This is our duty, by the way. (laughs) But you have to remember, you can't care for everybody if you are not well. Take time for yourself. Those dirty dishes, leave it there. Go take a rest. Sit down. I had to learn these things. My first, pre- my first child, I had no idea what I was doing. When my kid went to sleep, they'd say, oh yeah, when the kid sleeps, you can go sleep. I'm like, what? I have to cook, there's laundry. You know, I have to work. There's, there's so many things to do. So that, that little chance, you, you just have to fit in 10 million do, you know, chores. Sometimes, Leave those chores. Go close your eyes and rest. Go for your doctor checkup. As women, there's so many things our body go through, and this is not to knock on men because you will never understand. (laughs) Just never. 
It takes three to eight months for a pelvic bone that has been spread apart to let a baby's head out or the whole body out to heal. Three to eight months. That's on the max. Some, sometimes it doesn't. You just have to deal with it and have surgery. And the U.S. have the audacity to tell me to come back to work after six weeks. Six weeks and medicate myself. I want to go to Europe because they give, what, a year plus for my next baby? Just for the baby, then I'll come back. I'm sorry, technology. I'm trying to get. So my auntie's, uh, my aunt's death really taught me a lesson. Um, I'm a nurse. I feel like I have a double duty <laughs> where I'm nursing at home and I have to be a nurse at work. And sometimes I have to treat my patients how I would want to treat my children. Not saying that I have to, you know, belittle them. Um, it is challenging to balance those, but God has been helping me with that. Um, whenever I see any woman, all I see is strength. I think we're all clothed in strength. And this is not where you do, what's that, what's that game where you, you try to fist? What's the game with, with arm wrestling? Yeah, to see who's powerful or who's muscle? No, this is a different, this is a spiritual strength that um, sometimes you're not even in to this. You, you've not accepted this role till you have this little precious one in your hand and it hits you. And um, I once told my husband that I'm not the girl you met. <laughs> How many years ago? Had no responsibility. Selfish. <laughs> Thought of, of uh, just myself. Um, when, this ba when you made me a mother, something flipped. It's not that I don't care about you anymore, but my responsibility has shifted now. I still love you, but these children are bigger now. They're helpless. You have to feed them. You have to change their diaper. You have to think for them. You have to correct them. You have to pray with them. You have to play with them, you know, drop them off of school, do everything. You, husband, are the adult, and you can't do these things for yourself. <laughs> so... Um, May we just learn as mothers to give ourselves grace. When you think you're not doing the right things or you're not, you're, not, you're not sure if you are being a good mother, know that God chose you. He wouldn't have let that baby stay if he didn't know that you would do good. Go to him when you're confused. <laughs> In those sleepless nights, those painful seasons, it'll come and go. Know that he's your strength. Proverbs 30, 
1.25 says, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. I'm going to pray for us. Lord, I pray that you bless all mothers here today and always. May we feel your loving arm around us, comforting and sustaining us throughout every challenge and every joy. May we know the depth of your love for us and your impact on our lives. I pray that you grant us mothers good health, joy, and everlasting peace. Thank you. So I hope you caught what Augustus said, ladies. Take care of yourself and leave the chores, right? Okay, that's your job today. She said a lot of other good things, but that's the one I'm taking home today too. Leave the chores. Okay, um, our last one is um, Julie Karanja. Yay, Julie. Thank you so much. Good morning. <laughs> I had to write things out because I haven't done this in a long time, but um, I'm Julie. My husband's Daniel over there in the zebra. <laughs> <laughs> Representing Kenya this morning. So, um, When Aaron and Michelle asked me to share, I heard the phrase, your unexpected journey to motherhood. So I said maybe, and then I kind of knew it was a yes. So um, the first thing that came to mind after that conversation was the thought of who, who first called me mama. Um, she was around 15, and I was around 25. Um, she was late into pregnancy and lived at the Lighthouse, which is a home for pregnant parenting teenagers. Um, she was the first to call me mama. It was playful and funny, and I would comment to her, I'm not old enough to be your mama. But nevertheless, I recognized that in that season, I helped fill a void for her. Um, I distinctly remember grocery shopping in the Brookside Price Chopper with a couple of teens and hearing mama from the next aisle over, knowing the mama was intended for me with lots of laughter and banter. But I also knew that there was a nurturing connection that had taken place in that relationship. Um, for me, I always had the desire to be a mom, and I had a pretty specific picture of what I thought it would look like. Um, get married straight out of college, have a few kids, have the normal motherhood experience, I guess. Um, pretty much that's what I experienced growing up. I was raised in a rural area, had big extended families on both sides, and I had a wonderful, engaged, and present mom. I was lucky enough to have a grandma until to see me get married and two great-grandmas um, most of my childhood. Um, as a young adult, I remember sitting with the Lord and writing out what I wanted my life to be about, so to speak, and I wrote things like become a wife and mom, work with inner-city youth, and be a part of ministry in the nations. So as a young adult in my 20s, while I envisioned being married and starting a family, I was working at the Lighthouse. For around three years, I worked in the residential setting walking alongside moms and spending countless hours doing life with them and helping care for their babies. 
And looking back, I see in many ways how that role was to provide nurturing and connection that a mother would do in that season. Uh, then I started graduate school for counseling, and towards the end of my program, I went back to the Lighthouse in a different role to lead our community outreach program. Um, just this spring, I transitioned out of that role and often commented with my coworkers how outreach was my first baby. <laughs> for over a decade, I was given the privilege to walk alongside probably hundreds of moms and their babies and children, um, developing a safe, judgmental-free community where moms could connect, learn, share, receive encouragement, and be shown the love of God. Um, during one of the last nights of my outreach time, several old families came by to say hello and goodbye, bringing in their teenagers that are now taller than me. And they were my earliest babies and toddlers at the Lighthouse Outreach. I have often reflected on my time at the Lighthouse during this season, seeing the Lord's fulfillment of the desires of my heart, even in a way that was unexpected. At the end of graduate school, Daniel entered my world, and in 2013, he and I were married. Along with Daniel came Ethan, who was seven at the time of our marriage. Uh, Ethan was and is a gift to me and a joy to my heart. We bonded over numerous games of Candyland and Sorry, hours of um, America's Funniest Home Videos, and popcorn nights at the Catlets before we were actually married, because I lived with them. Um, <clears throat> lots of trips to the park and the basketball court. And while I didn't carry Ethan in my womb, I have and always will carry Ethan in my heart. I'm grateful every day, but particularly every Mother's Day, that Ethan's mom has given me space to mother him too. Through Ethan, I learned in even a deeper way that family is not just about biology, and through Ethan, I again saw the Lord's faithfulness and fulfilling the desires of my heart. Every day, I'm grateful that Ethan made me mom. In 2016, Kai joined our family. Many of you know him as he's a social butterfly. Um, <laughs> Kai's birth and his life is a testament of the goodness of God and his faithfulness to me. After many years of waiting, God gifted me Kai. I soaked in every snuggle, and still do, <laughs> tried to embrace the sleepless nights and experienced all the joys and challenges that come with the early years of parenting. I have had the privilege to watch him grow and learn, develop a love for God and those around him. Never have I met a kid so full of energy and zest for life, and every day I'm grateful that Kai made me mom. In early June of 2020, I found out I was pregnant we were excited to welcome another member to our family. But at 17 weeks along, we found out the baby no longer had a heartbeat. The baby was another little boy, and we named him Zion Tavi, which means highest place and beloved. And while I would give anything for the outcome to have been different, the journey of being a bereaved mother has shown me a depth to a mother's love that I would have not known otherwise. It is a loss like no other because of a love like no other. And even in his loss, every day I'm grateful that Zion too made me mom. So on this Mother's Day, if you find yourself on a journey with some unexpected twists and turns along the way, 
I encourage you to look out for evidence of God's goodness and faithfulness. Whether you're a bio mom, a bonus mom, a bereaved mom, waiting to be a mom, whether you're an auntie, a grandma, or like a mom to many, you are seen, you are loved, and you are a reflection of God's heart. Happy Mother's Day. grateful for you ladies thank you for sharing your journeys with us it was really beautiful it's good to know each of you a little bit more deeply and to see God working so deeply in your hearts and uh, and you made me cry <laughs> oh God bless each and every one of you um, I just want to remind you, we have a gift for you. Please take one. It was our joy to make them for you, and we want you to, if you're an adult woman in this church or a visitor, please take one. We really want you to have a little bit of joy and, and gratitude from our hearts to yours, okay? So I'm going to close this in prayer, and then you can go release the Kraken from downstairs. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, thank you for this amazing body that you put us in. Thank you for every person who makes up Kairos, the ones here now, the ones who are serving on the mission field, the ones you haven't brought to us yet. We thank you, God. Bless each one here today and give us great joy in our going out and sharing you with the rest of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.